In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. In this meditation, we are going to look at the uh, very important theme of charity, love. And to do so, I'm going to use something from St. Paul uh, commented on by um, Pope Francis in his encyclical Amoris Laetitia, all about marriage. So it is not just only relevant to marriage, but uh, with a special reference, I suppose, to love in marriage, love of one's spouse. And it's, it, it's uh, where Pope Francis comments on St. Paul's very famous hymn to love, which comes in his letter to the Corinthians. It's a very, very famous passage. And uh, we'll begin by reading the passage, and then we'll go through uh, what, uh, what St. Paul says, and a little bit of the commentary of Pope Francis, because I think it's a very useful reading. And the little passage from Corinthians goes like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It's a great, it's a great um, passage, very, very famous. And the very, very first characteristic that St. Paul gives us of love is patience. Patience coming from the Latin patere, to suffer, to endure. So the very first characteristic he gives about patience is actually a kind of quality of endurance, suggesting already from the, the very beginning that love would require an ability to kind of be in it for the long haul. Because we, we very much easily kind of mistake love for something very intense and very passionate and very heartfelt. But St. Paul actually begins somewhere completely different, kind of long haul, uh, sticking with things, with difficulties. So St. Paul is kind of saying immediately that love is not necessarily easy. It requires this capacity to, to endure. As he says at the very end, of course, love endures all things. So there's a special quality about love. And again, thinking maybe in a particular way about spousal love, love for one's spouse. We can apply it to all kinds of love, love for one's friends, for one's children. It, it has to... It has to have this element of patience. 
It's really important. St. Paul puts it at the top of the list. Pope um, Francis has an interesting small little comment on this. He says, patience takes root when I recognize that other people have a right to live in this world just as they are. That is so important for us because all of us have a kind of, a, a, I suppose a kind of tyrannical tendency in us to want people to be the way we want them to be. You know, kind of insist that they, they will not be the way I don't want them to be. Kind of somehow make them all in my, in my image. In, in the beginning, of course, only God is allowed to do this. He makes all things, and especially us human beings, in his image, and in our case, image and likeness. So that's where we're made. And we kind of want to make everybody else in our image and likeness. But we're not God. And even then, when we have the very beginning of creation, there's one little feature which is very nice. How diverse God wants his creation to be. So earlier on, in every stage of creation, actually, virtually every day of creation, you see God making things so diverse Diversity is nothing new, and it wasn't invented in the last decade. God said, let the lamb produce living creatures according to their kinds, as in their different kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, or the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. So everything diverse, super diverse, each according to its kind. It's very interesting. And what is God? God saw that it was good. So it's a great commentary. God saw that it was good. So for us, um, avoiding that, that, that impatient desire to make people in my image. You know, and, and so uh, uh, the, way, the way the Pope puts it, um, allowing people to be the way they are, allowing one's wife. And, and again, even the very, the very core of marriage builds in one of the most radical diversities possible, male and female. God makes this incredible diversity. Uh, men and women are so different. Somebody said, a theologian said, that um, male and female almost appear to be two different species. You know, we're so different, actually. We're all human beings. But when it comes to it, male and female have such, such a different way of approaching the world. And that is something God wants, and that, that is, is melded or, or, or joined in, in, a, in a very deep way in marriage. It's one of the reasons, one of the reasons why the church always insists on our marriage is male and female. Also, even, you, you marry outside your family. You're always marrying difference. Difference is very important. And, and, and to accept that and be patient. Because difference can be, can be very hard for us. A male putting up with a female and vice versa. It can be very hard to expect patience. Different way of looking at the world, coming from a different background, all these things. So the very first thing, love is patient. Love is kind. Is the second thing that St. Paul says. 
And here's Saint Pope Francis. Throughout the text, it is clear that Paul wants to, stre- to stress that love is more than a mere feeling. Rather, to be understood along the lines of the Hebrew verb to love is to do good. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola said, love is shown more by deeds than by words. Now, actually, for people of Opus Dei, that uh, saying of St. Ignatius of Loyola has a, has a particular kind of um, resonance because, in fact, St. Josemaria heard more or less those same words in a divine locution. One day he was giving at Holy Communion in a convent, and as he was giving the host to each of the nuns, he was saying as a personal aspiration, a thing of piety, Lord, I love you more than this one. By way of aspiration, I aspire to love you more than this one. And each time he gave the, holy, the host to one of the nuns, he would say that I love you more than this one. And then he had a locution, he heard, not with the sound of noise, but in his soul, very clearly, that our Lord said to him in Spanish, but love is deeds and not sweet words. So essentially what St. Ignatius of Loyola said, love is deeds. Words are easy. And you could say sentiments are easy. De- deeds is what it's about. Deeds are the touchstone of love. Sacrifice is the touchstone of love. Doing things. Even St. Saint James, he's got that famous line, if a brother or sister is ill-clad and in lack of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, uh, without giving them anything, what does that profit them? You know, so, so greeting somebody, saying, we're best of luck to you, you know, um, hope you have a nice day, have a nice meal, you know, and, and of course, they, they, you don't do anything for them except wish them well. That's very easy. I suppose that's what Jesus was saying to St. Josemaria. It's, it's very easy. The touchstone of love is sacrifice. And you could say, sacrifice is doing things. It costs us. Love costs. That's why many people abandon love. Because they abandon the cost. So, smallest little things. Uh, do I do things for my wife? Particularly the kind of things of the man, if you're a married man. The things of the, of the man for the wife. I always find it a little bit sad if you uh, come to a, a house and you know the re- clearly repairs are not done in the house uh, where there's an able-bodied man in the house and you know maybe the, pe- the paint is peeling off the front door or something not just you know for over months and you kind of say that's, that's kind of a pity that those kind of things um, because there you see there is a, there's a clearly an area that the man of the house could sacrifice himself or things around the kitchen or whatever it is. Deeds. It's very, very important. Because that again, you might say, oh, I love my wife. She's a princess. She's, she's the world to me. Uh, but if she asked me to, uh, to do a little job around the house, well, you know, I'm very busy and I'm a busy man and I've got more important things and so on. Well, you have to examine, you know, is that is, is your love kind? Is your love kind? Does it do kind acts? And, and that's where, again, that, that kind of re, gentle rebuke, so I don't know if it was a rebuke to, to St. Josemaria from our Lord, but a kind of, at least a warning. Sweet words is easy. It doesn't cost you anything. 
uh, washing dishes, painting a door, um, doing a, f a special favor for your, for your wife, that costs. And that is the twitchstone of love. So, and, and likewise, the wife in her way for, for the husband. So very important for friends. Do I do things for my friends? Again, because hail fellow, well met, and all that is easy. But actually, acts of service, kindness. I remember hearing somebody who, uh, a, a friend of the family, they had a bereavement, and um, the, the, the friend said, so it was all chaos, obviously, and it was a, it was a very tough time for the friend, and he was a, he was a father of, a, of a, several kids, and, um, and the, the friend said, look, don't worry about the shoes of the family. Just uh, drop over the shoes for the funeral, drop over the shoes, and we'll, we'll polish all the shoes, because it was a big family. It was, kind of, it was a, very, a very small thing, but it sounds a big thing, uh, but a very practical thing. This guy, you know, I could wish him well, I, I could say, oh, I hope everything goes well, and I might be praying for you, and all that kind of stuff, but actually, I'm gonna shine your shoes. A beautiful act of service. Very, very helpful for the guy, you know? Just one less thing to worry about. Love is not boastful, interestingly. Love is not boastful. And here, um, Pope Francis says, those who love not only refrain from speaking too much about themselves, but are focused on others. They do not need to be the center of attention. So it's interesting. Love it makes you genuinely interested in the other and not self-absorbed. And all of us have a tendency towards self-absorption. We think our biographies is the, the, the really important one, the really interesting thing. My story, you know, my tra trajectory, my life. You know, this is the really interesting thing. Um, I've been reading uh, a, a very, very interesting biography of Walt Disney. He was a very good man, but maybe a little bit self-absorbed at times. And, and at one stage, it just talked about, uh, anyway, he was, he, was, he, he was a very private individual, but he was reminiscing with one of his employees, and he didn't normally do that. He didn't have many friends, really. But, um, but at one point, he kind of opens up to, to one of his senior employees an animator and starts talking about his, his childhood. And the, 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 the fellow kind of, in, in turn, he said, why don't you know, and he just started saying, well, actually, in my childhood, and immediately Walt Disney said, what, there's things to be done. <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. Uh, so it was kind of strange, but, but it's kind of funny that we can be like that, you know, that, in a sense, boastful. Uh, and to, to, to think, the, 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 even to think something, the day that your spouse has had is as important as your own. You come, you, you come in and you think, well, my day is, has been more, far more important and far busier and far harder than anybody else's. Well, that's kind of boastful in a sense. Her day has been just as important, you know, or whatever it is with the, with the spouse. Or others, friends, their lives. Their lives are just as important as mine. Love is not rude, says St. Saint Paul. This is a very interesting one, because it brings in courtesy and conviviality. 
So rudeness, rudeness is a lack of, of refinement, a lack of courtesy. And again, Pope, ben, Pope Francis's commentary is very interesting. He says, courtesy is a school of sensitivity. This is interesting. He says, um, an essential requirement of love is to live agreeably with those around you. I don't think we often think in those terms that love makes us try to be pleasant. The, especially in the family setting with the people who, who live with us. The people who have to live with us. You could say the people who are stuck with me and they're stuck with me maybe for these are their colleagues at work. They're stuck with me for, well, now that COVID is ending, and they're stuck with me for maybe for long hours. My, my wife, who's stuck with me for, for years upon years, my kids also. And, and to make that, to put it maybe negatively, to make that as painless as possible. I remember hearing of somebody who's painting their, the facade of their house. And what they did was they went to the neighbor across the road and said, what color would you like me to paint my facade? And the neighbor said, well, it's your house. You do what you like. And he said, well, you're the one who has to look at it. <laughs> so it's kind of amazing, you know? So that kind of consideration. And we could say, well, that is a good guideline for the people who have to look at me, even the way I, I, I make myself appear, you know, the way I, I look after even something as simple as my appearance. I, I'm the one person in the world, if you don't look in the mirror, who doesn't have to see me. But everybody else does, and some people have to see me a lot, you know? How can I make that a little bit softer on the eyes? And, and that's just the appearance, my, my interaction with people, all that. And so courtesy, conviviality, convivial, literally means convivere, live with. A person who's convivial is a person with whom it is easy to live. They have kind of the virtues of conviviality. And what are those kind of things? Well, those kind of things are uh, good humor, a smile. A smile makes a person very convivial. Um, a ready laugh, a good, even good manners, etiquette. These things are, you know, maybe people kind of felt that etiquette, well, etiquette is very Victorian and, and it's gone. Well, it's not really. It's a very basic thing of conviviality. It just makes it easier to live with me. And that is a great, that's a great act of charity, to be convivial. He actually talks, Pope Francis talks about um, a convivial, the conviviality of the family. And I suppose that's, a, that's one of the things that, uh, especially a, a mother and a father, are trying to train their children in to be the kind of people who are convivial, who, can, who are able to live with others in a way that it ma it makes life pleasant for everybody. So he talks about this. He says, a family that hardly ever eats together or that does not talk at the table but watches television or looks at a smartphone is a barely familial family. When children are engrossed with a computer at the table or a mobile phone and do not talk to each other, this is not a family. It's like a boarding house. Obviously, there's a battle. I, mean, I feel sorry for parents, but it's a real battle. 
maybe not just the kids, but maybe one another, the phone, you know, the phone. But turning a family into a boarding house. Because they're not, it's not convivir, it's, they're not living with each other, they're just living in the same physical, you know, you could, you could you know, like you're being on a bus with somebody. You're not, it's not convivir, it's just being on the bus. And then you're kind of turning, turning the home. And it would be particularly bad if the father was the one leading the charge, you know, with the phone. That would be a real disaster. Very important that you know kids especially see the conviviality of the father, in, in primarily with her, his wife, the conversation, conversation which Aristotle very nicely says, conversation the soul of friendship, it's what gives rise and what sustains friendship, conversation, and then you could say the phone is what murders friendship, because it kills conversation. So those things are conviviality. Love is not rude. Kind of interesting. Love is generous, he says. Love is generous. It goes come back to not counting the cost. I suppose you could say it's a particularly important thing because we can start counting the cost. We can, you know, almost keeping a little mental, a little mental um, diary, a little book of accounts. Did this did that, she only did this, I did that, I looked after the kids. And we're, we're counting the cost. Um, and, and, and love is, is generous. And generosity is precisely not counting. Not counting. Who's counting? You know? Generous is, I don't count. I don't, I don't, I'm not making a comparison between what I do and my spouse does. And let alone the kids, of course. Love is not irritable or resentful. Here, here, Pope Francis talks about uh, the danger of resentment. And it's very true, you know, resentment, you could say it's like to, it's like in a soul what dry rot is like in a house. It's one of the things, everybody, you know, dreads the idea of finding dry rot. You've got dry rot in your, your rafters, your roof is going to come down. And, and it's all there, you know, kind of spreading away quietly. We say resentment is, is, is to our soul and to relationships what dry rot is like to us. It really undermines it very quietly, maybe not very visibly, but it's, it's, it's really dangerous. So we have to overcome resentments. Even if the thing that gave rise to resentment we thought was really, we were really justified, because of what she did or what he did, we really felt that was grounds for resentment. Uh, I, I would say bury it. Um, Pope Francis, the way he puts it, he says, my advice is never to let the day end without making peace in the family. And he quotes, I think it's St. Paul, who says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. So, you know, don't go to bed with a resentment. Sort it out before, you know, the sun goes down or before nighttime. So it's very, it's very good. He says, how do I make peace? Do I have to go down on my knees? He says, well, no, you don't have to do dramatic gestures, a small little thing, a little something, um, a smile, a little word can end, can be enough to restore harmony. A little caress, no words are necessary. But do not let the day end without making peace in your family. And then the, second, the next thing St. Paul says, very related, obviously, love forgives. Love forgives. 
So if you forgive, there's no resentment. And it, obviously, in, in, in between any friendships, any friends, and most particularly in, in the marriage setting, forgiveness is so key. It's really essential. We forgive everything. You know, we have said, you have said, for better or for worse. And, 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 and there, will, there will be things that are a little worse. Things that you will have to forgive and forget. Let it go. And we just think how our Lord, how you, Lord, forgive us so much. Day after day, we go to confession, hopefully frequently. And there's no, there's no, you know, we'd be very surprised we went to confession and the priest said, ah, hold on a second there. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to withhold forgiveness, you know. Um, you, you could do that in very extreme cases, not even withhold it, you would have to, you know, if you've done, if you've done certain things, attempted the life of the Pope or something, well then he has to write to Rome and, and, and get, you, uh, get you absolved. But, you know, the, it's just more complica complicated, but still you're forgiven anything and everything in the Church. So we have to do the same. Um, again, the Pope, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yet we keep looking for more and more faults, imagining greater evils, presuming all kinds of bad intentions. And so resentment grows and deepens. <clears throat> so kind of looking for it, looking for faults, fault-finding. <clears throat> we know we can, we can do that. Make excuses for one another. Find an excuse. There's a lovely example, actually, in the life of St. Rosemary. It's only a small thing. <clears throat> but I think it shows a kind of um, a tendency he had. Because he did say, love is 99% about understanding. In other words, finding a good excuse for people. And it was when they were, it was in the early 40s, <clears throat> when he was living in their little centre of Opus Dei. They suffered a lot of poverty. They really didn't have enough to buy food and everything. But... Uh, they would have young guys over in, in the center for different activities. And, and one of these activities, maybe was a meditation. Afterwards, they would have churros con chocolate. So these, very typical in Spain, these churros, these little sticks of soft pastry, and then cups of chocolate, which is a real treat. And uh, they, they, had one, they had one guy visiting the center who had a great appetite and who was going through the churros con chocolate like there was no tomorrow. And the other guys in the center were getting very annoyed because he really was polishing off their, all their reserves. And when he went, they started, they started saying, what a guy, you know, what a guy, you know, that he would polish off, you see what he went through. And St. Rosemary said, stop, stop, stop. He said, look, his problem was just that he wasn't good at maths. Because when he would finish a churro, he'd still have some chocolate in his in his cup, and when he'd finished the chocolate in his cup, he'd still have some churros left. So you could just never get them to match. So a very nice thing. And the person telling the story said it was kind of, it was a, it was a kind of demonstration. He did it in a obviously good-humoured way. It was a very demonstration of the fact he did luck to make excuses for people. It's a very nice thing. You know, love forgives. And there's many more things. Love rejoices with others, bears all things, believes all things, many things. Beautiful. It's a nice chapter, actually. I think it's chapter four of Amoris Laetitia. It's worth, it's worth reading and, and thinking that that's the love that our Lord wants us to, to have with friends, with one another, but especially spouses. 
Very, very, very unique kind of love. When we turn to Our Lady and St. Joseph also, they, they lived in a marriage. And there, had, there were things, I suppose, where they, they didn't have to bear with one another. And even though they were both such wonderful saints, but there would have been things just, in, even with all the goodness, that they had to be patient and understanding and all these things. So let's ask St. Joseph and Our Lady to pray for us. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.